All right. Well, listen, I am uh, looking forward to our conversation today with the barbecue princess, as I learned in the pre-show, Miss <laughs> Danita D- Dolman, who uh, doesn't make it uh, a business about barbecuing. That's not her business, but I get a feeling around a table with her family, it's pretty serious because her father, and I forgot to ask your father's name. What is your father's name? His name is Dan Dolman. Dan. Dan mm-hmm. Dolman. Well, he's the barbecue king, so I've been told. And uh, what gets pretty serious, I think, around their barbecue. We're not going to learn any secrets. So if you saw that in our show notes and you want to tune out right now, tune out. I don't want to waste your time. But uh, maybe we'll get back to some of the barbecuing a little bit later because I want to hear how you brought it into the Thanksgiving table because I always like hearing what either substitutes for the turkey or complements the turkey. So we'll talk about that a little later. But Danita, welcome to the show. Thank, Thank you, you so man. much. Thank You're you. the principal and founder of Seas uh, Community Partners. Uh, so, you know, you help people get grants and get loans. You help people have a connection to money and funding. You also do program management, strategic planning. Uh, so I asked this question before we jumped on, because I always kind of like to kind of take things, some left turns in conversation, right turns in conversation, maybe go up, go down. Um Let's dig in around the topic of money right away, and okay. and where where you see our our young folks in school and young adults. If you had to give them a grade on financial literacy, what would you give? What would you give our society just as a broad a broad stroke a grade of around financial literacy? It really depends on the demographics, but kind of overall, I'd probably um, a C at best. Yeah. Because um, I was talking to a friend yesterday and a 70-year-old gentleman said that his credit was bad. Like, that is really no excuse for that. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, so financial literacy, and and feel free to kind of dig in. I mean, I always like to, I always kind of like to put some shine on my guests in a a really great way. I mean, you're a guest on my show, so we can have an in-depth conversation really on anything you want to talk about. But yeah, I see so many people. I mean, we saw this throughout COVID, right? People took loans that they thought were going to be forgiven. I know there was mm-hmm. some confusion there. Mm-hmm. There were some there were some programs that were meant to be forgiven, but then pe- folks went and maybe spent it the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that got some folks in trouble. And then there was just there there was outright fraud. But we don't need to go down that road. Um, yeah, we all we all know. I I was personally caught up in that uh, in that first round of, of funding that when all the big companies gobbled up all the loan packages because the banks realized, gee whiz, it's not really all that much of a time difference for little old Jeff and his business versus a big business. And we make more money with the big business. So let's mm-hmm. plug it all up that way. But returning to financial literacy, I mean, I see this, I'll, maybe I'll spin it off this way to you. So I learned as of recent, D1 colleges mm-hmm. give no credit on your high school transcript uh, for having credits related to financial literacy, none. So, is it any surprise that and it's really not a focus in college either, unless it's like your major? But is it any surprise that when you have athletes who go through college and get a big contract in professional sports, is it any surprise that when they retire, we often hear these sad stories of you know squandering that wealth, squandering, losing that opportunity? I think it's really sad that that happens. It really is. And there is no surprise that that happens because if you think about um, they're focused 
on the limelight and the money that they have and, you know, 10 cars that you can only drive one at a time. And, mm-hmm. you know, succession planning. There is no succession planning. There's no plan for tomorrow. We're just, you know, balling out of control today. And they're not listening or may not have the uh, financial advisor. And mm-hmm. so, you know, 10 years from now, they're, you know, working at Walmart, um, yep. you know, as, as a cashier. So no shade to that. But, you know, you go from millions to, you know, $18 an hour. Yeah. Yeah. That's a pretty sad, uh, sad turn of events. I actually have a connection of mine. Right now, um, he's in another peer-to-peer mastermind group called Apex. Uh, Colton, he's actually helping out. Um, and this is public. He's got a public profile, so I'm not sharing anything that I shouldn't share. But he's actually helping out Delonte West right now. And I'm not a big basketball fan. Um, but Delonte West uh, played for the Mavericks, Dallas Mavericks, and oh, yeah. you know, ran, up against, ran up against some addiction issues. And, and uh, you know, his career ended as a result. Um, but he's actually helping him get back on the road to recovery. And, um, it, it's, you're right. I mean, we see, we see these sad trends. And I think it, it really does start at a, well, it starts, it starts at home. Yeah. If your parents uh-huh. aren't financially literate, you know, a lot of our parents were told work hard, company will take care of you, pull your bootstraps up, all that good stuff, right? Like we're told that. And for some folks, maybe they, maybe they just don't have straps. So it's hard to pull up on those. Um, but, uh, we're told that as children and we see that and we see mom and dad, mom working hard, whatever it might be, but we just don't get the behind the scenes. And I don't think, I know my parents didn't have the behind the scenes. They didn't have financial literacy. So you wrote a course on financial literacy. What were some of the biggest successes or a program? I think it was, you said, yes. what are some of the biggest successes and in, in, in things you learned and success stories from that time? And then we'll dig into what C's Community Partners does. Sure. So that particular program, I worked with a nonprofit organization, and it was 18 to 21-year-olds. And in the program, we started with a checking account and savings account and tax returns and, and establishing a budget. And, you know, those, those individuals wanted to go get an apartment. And so it was a contextual program where they could see firsthand, okay, you have this amount of money and these are your expenses. And so this is what you need to do to ensure that you can take care of those, those expenses. And so the success was, um, they were able to, we were able to use grant funds to help them establish uh, a savings account. Um, with a local bank. And so that was really good and really fulfilling. And um, just seeing, to measure the success of the program, we kind of had a uh, pre-test and then a post-test to see everybody do well on the post-test to kind of measure that the information that we provided was retained. And just to see the individuals excited about, you know, starting their lives with their seed money. So that was, that was fun. Yeah. It's always neat to see people. Yeah. Especially since you tested before. So you knew what you, you know, you knew really where you were beginning, what your basis was. And then you can see the, the after effect. That's always neat to see that. Um, I know locally our school, our superintendent 
uh, you know, he was one of these people that worked his way up from teacher to principal to assistant administrator. And now he's the, he's got the big seat and he's somebody that I went to high school with. So I've known him a long time. And uh, one of the things he put in was a financial literacy credit to get a high school diploma in our school district, which hadn't existed before. Um, And that's where I learned about the college thing. He says, you know, the sad thing is, is is I push for this and it's going to continue to be on my watch that it's part of our high school diploma. But sadly for those kids going to schools on athletic scholarship, he said, all of these colleges, they just, they don't get credit for that. So they have to go take another credit and work even harder. But be that as it may, the likelihood of these students becoming a professional athlete, you know, um, is, is unlikely just statistically, you know, um, there's only 32 professional quarterbacks in the league each year. Right. Right. Uh, So he said, he said, I want them to have a basis at least, and maybe that inspires something in them that throughout college, they take a course, an elective course, and it just helps them sustain their life and grow their financial life down the road. So let's, um, Let's move on. What do you do? So C's community partners. Tell us about that. Is there an acronym there within C's or is it, what's that? Tell us what it, you do there. It, it is. And so the color of the logo are shades of C, a C. And so it's my children's name, Shauna oh, Elizabeth nice. and Shane Anthony um, transpose. And so I love the beach. And so it's, that's, that's the whole brand behind that. Very good. I like that. I like when people get to bring family into their business each day. And yeah. yeah, you got these little visual reminders of why you're, why you're doing it and what the drive is all for, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And my shirt. Yeah. yeah. So you help people um, get grants. Yes. So let's kind of set the table for anybody listening and watching about, you know, how do grants work? What's, what, is there money out there for people to have access to and walk our listeners through the broad strokes of what a grant process looks like? Sure, sure. So uh, I, I like to say a uh, grant is synonymous with a gift. And so that's a gift from the granting organization, whether it be a foundation, corporation, or uh, state and local or federal government. And that's to do a particular task. And so there are small business grants, and then there are for uh, nonprofit grants. And so there are lots of opportunities, and it was highlighted even more for non uh, for small businesses during COVID, try to help small businesses sur- to survive and kind of navigate the uncharted waters of staying in business. And so there are grant opportunities for restaurants and just different different industries in technology, manufacturing, uh, retail operations, uh, a florist, just all different types of businesses. And so with, with the grant opportunities, it can be for um, retaining employees, it can be for renovation, commercial revitalization, um, or it could just be whatever that you convince, convince the reviewer that you can use the grant funds properly to help impact your business. You said something really interesting there. Convince the reviewer. Mm-hmm. And I'm making a note of that. 
I told uh, Danita, I tell all my guests this, I'm not, I'm not doing work and doing podcasting at the same time. I don't really believe in multitasking. However, what I do for all my guests, and it's because I want, because I feel I have great guests on the show and I want everybody to get all the goodness that our guests bring, but you all may not have an hour each time to listen and sit down. So I carve out these little reels. One of those moments right here that we're going to carve out is this statement you made about convincing the reviewer. So you're really selling. You're selling. Yeah. The, yes. You're selling here is what you're doing. Yes. So you are. Can you, can you talk about how to convince the reviewer? What are some, some tips and things there? And, and, you know, you obviously help people with this. So what, what are some ways for people to think about that? Well, as you said, Jeff, you are selling. You're selling your business to the reviewer. You're selling your story, how you're going to impact um, your business with those grant funds. And how do you stand out from the crowd? Like we received a grant and there were about 3,000 people that submitted applications and we were one of 1,200. And so it's our story, convincing that reviewer Yes, we will use the grant funds properly. And oh, by the way, our project is unique. And so that's the convincing that you have to do. And you have to think about there are thousands of people potentially that could apply for those same funds. But what makes you different? How do you stand out? What is your impact statement? What is your value proposition? I always like to say that I do strategic planning and adding value to my clients, but how are you adding value to your customer base, your stakeholders to let them know that, yes, I really thought this through because grants is like the new hot thing. Oh, I can get a grant for that, but what are you going to do? How are you going to impact? Yeah. What's the story that you're going to tell? What makes you different? I love that. I have a so one of the businesses that I own is a, a retail mattress store in Pennsylvania, and you know we're we're a successful company, and we we don't lose sight of that. We work every day at it. My team works every day at it, and a great team there to propel forward what we do. We believe, I believe, the goal of every business owner is to hit that success point, whatever that success metric is for them, and then shift into significance. So one of the things that we do, we have a community-based podcast. We're there where we, you know, very much the same format uh, with the same production team, by the way, fantastic production team. We have Chris from castahead.net. His info's in the show notes. Reach out to him if you like and like what you're seeing and hearing in this show. But that show, we put shine on the community. We bring in nonprofits. We bring in local heroes. Uh, we bring in businesses where give back is a part of their ethos, where they have shifted from success to significance. So I really like that you said about, you know, you're selling yourself to the grant reviewer about the impact you can create. Cause I think if we could all as a society commit to that a little bit more, 1% more, 10% more, wherever your barometer is, we would have, we have a, a little different world, I believe, mm -hmm. if that was. If we could all get behind that, uh, as opposed to we just got to open the doors and we got to make money today, and we want to keep as much of that as possible, um, you know, I think there's I think there's a better balance to be found. So I love that you uh, help people find that impact moment, that moment of significance for their community. Um, are there any? Are there any? Um, and you don't necessarily have to share names or anything, but 
Are there any success stories that you can share? Like maybe, you know, this person wanted to open a cafe or this person wanted to open a daycare or anything like that that you could share of, of getting a grant that was really, really impactful? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I have um, one client has two grocery stores in the District of Columbia uh, in different parts of the city, uh, what they call Ward 7 and Ward 8. Uh, um, and where there's somewhat of a food desert. And so they've established, they opened those two grocery stores. And so in total with their operation, they're probably almost in the $200,000 grant grants that I've helped them get. And so one store in particular they have received about four or five grants, I believe. And it's really nice because they, they've really developed that bond with the community. And at Thanksgiving, uh, my client texted me pictures of probably 50 plus turkeys that they gave out to the community. Oh, that's awesome. And, and so those are really good stories that I can tell in their grant application as as part of their story as to, yes, we are providing a service and customers come to us, but we also value our customers and we're giving back to them. And so they do this every year. And um, it just makes my heart full that I saw how the store started um, maybe three or four years ago. And now they're, they're offering, you know, seafood and and all of this kind mm. of they've you know expanded there and the fresh produce they're expanding things and they're listening to to what customers want and so they're sourcing any local spices or condiments or that type of thing so they're uh forming relationships with other small businesses to carry those things in in their store so they're really a friend to the community and they yeah. are really meeting that need and so that's 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 what makes me smile that okay yes you know we got you the grant but you're really a friend to the community yeah yeah i mean there's a lot there uh that you just shared and i think you know, you used a term that i'm familiar with uh cuz locally in the in the city that we we do business in in the retail store uh in the downtown area we we have a food desert so i know what that is but for our listeners you know we may, most may not even know what that is. So explain what a food desert is for our listeners. Sure. In that particular community, there are limited grocery options and they have to travel far to get quality grocery items. And so this store has been able to, um, actually when they purchased it, it was a liquor store. And so they didn't believe in that. So they took out all of that because they really wanted it to be a family store that had the fresh produce, not just an apple or a banana, but, you know, actually a produce section and right. expand their meat and seafood section. And so just meeting the needs of the community that they can just walk down the street and they don't have to travel far to get quality gro grocery items. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to, to expand on what Dania just said, I mean, I'll paint, I'll paint a little more stark picture. I mean, I think we've all done, 
I shouldn't say we all, because that's that's a big inclusive statement, but most have done the the walk of 17 grocery bags in your hand from the from the car into the house or the garage into the house. Um imagine having to do that blocks because you don't have a car. Right. Imagine having to carry 17 bags on mass transit, bus or train. Yeah, it's a real pain. It's a real problem. Right. And it, it just it just becomes it, it, it's it's a lot of work. Uh, it's an expense to take that mass transit. Um, you might damage some stuff. I mean, you have a glass jar or something and it breaks. You just wasted that money. You made a mess. It broke your bag. It, it's not just the fact that the grocery store isn't around the corner. It's the fact that getting to it becomes such a problem, which is why the term food desert exists. And, you know, I learned of this a number of years ago in our local community. Um, and, uh, that was since that was fixed, I believe, as a result of a grant process. Mm-hmm. Now that I think of it, somebody mm-hmm. came in, a big corporate chain left. They were just looking at the dollars and cents of it. Um, and, and somebody else, you know, had the determination to serve the community. So that's great. Um, but I think a lot of folks really, you know, you lose sight of that. You wonder, well, why do people struggle? I mean, it's food, food's everywhere. Well, that's true. In our nation, we, food is everywhere to the point where we waste something like 50 million pounds of food a year. But that's not, it's not always, uh, there and accessible in the ways that it is for maybe you and I, right? Danita, it's just, right. it's different for people. Exactly. Um, so I love that we, that we got to this point. That's one of those. We made a left turn and a right turn, then we went down and we went left and we got to this point in the conversation. I like it. Because um, the one thing I want is for people, you know, our show is about success. It's about doing business on our terms, but it's also about understanding there is a community and there's people around us. And if we can learn, then we can help and then we can make change. And I think that's good that we got to touch on that. Yes, that value and an impact statement. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yep. So, um, you know, Grants, I've always, you know, I always thought about grants as being a governmental thing. And you said there are corporations mm-hmm. and there was another one. And there might be other entities. Yes. Corporations, foundations, state and local government agencies, and then the federal government has yeah. grant opportunities. So, so in the, so the, 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 the foundation and the corporation side of things, I guess I just hadn't thought of in my head. I've just always equated grant to, government um so if you're like me i just just by tuning in we just increased your opportunity for grant access by 66 percent. there you go um because from three government bodies or levels to five but uh is it is the process any different so across like a, a state agency versus a corporate company versus a federal government to a foundation is the process any different it is depending on the entity, depending on the grant size, and the the larger the grant amount, the more work it it, it entails. There more more that story that you have to convince the reviewer that you are a good candidate to be awarded. So yes, it's the story can be go from small to extra large and supersized on steroids. Right, right. And I guess your role at what you, with what you do is you're, you're kind of consulting. You're, you're, you're creating that pitch. Is that right? Yes, yes, yes. We are creating the pitch. Uh, we interview our clients to find out exactly what they're doing. 
And then we go back in the lab, so to speak, and come out with our superpower and create that super story um, to, you know, get the attention of the reviewers. Yeah. Yeah. I got to tell you, this is, this is a moment where I get to plug the fact that we not only do this show as a podcast, so you might be checking it out on audio. You really should check it out on video. Um, and just while I'm quickly thinking of it, if you get any value from any of my shows, I'd love a review. It really helps the show. I'll just, that was like the coldest moment to throw that in there. But I figured on this pause of talking about logistics of our show, I may as well do it. But I brought this up because you should check out the video of this episode, episode 50. Because when Danita's talking about helping her clients, I mean, you can tell the passion comes through because you, you, you just like, you light up. You know, and I noticed that often with my guests at certain points, like you can tell when we've kind of hit that zone, hit that groove of where their sweet spot is and, and what they do uh, in helping the people that they serve. So it's really cool. I just wanted to point that out. It's, oh, and it's thank a, you. Yeah, you're welcome. And it's just, and, and, and your smile and the way you light up, it's, a, it's the opportunity for me to shamelessly say, hey, watch the video too. Right? <laughs> like get the audio, get the video, do it all, do a review, see my great guests who, just light up when they really shine on what they do well. Um, so beyond the money, so there, there's a whole process to the grants. And, and to work with Danita, we've got her information, contact info in the show notes, wherever you're watching or listening. So you can always reach out. But beyond grants, um, look, let's talk about loans. And then I want to talk about the other things you do. Okay. You've also, we got to hit the barbecue up. Okay. But then I also noticed um, you, you're currently working on a multi-platform tool to confront childhood obesity. Yes. So let's, maybe we'll wrap up there on, okay. on that high note because there was that light again. Okay. Kind of lit up a little bit. Um, but let's talk about the loans and then the things you do. Okay. So let's talk about getting loans for businesses. Okay. Well, one of the things uh, particularly was highlighted with, with uh, COVID-19 is to qualify for the different loans. Everybody and their grandma had a loan opportunity out. And one of the things that, as I was, as we were assisting clients prepare loan packages is they were not able to put together just basic governing documents like financial yeah. statements. And so... And to ensure that, you know, all they were in compliance with the IRS and the state and local, just kind of some of those basic things. And we saw a lot of businesses weren't able to qualify for those. And so whether it's a grant or a loan, you just have to make sure that your business is in compliance and that you can produce those attachments because the grant and the loan want to see the financial health of your business. Yeah. Yeah. I, I equate what you just said there. You know, there's the old adage of when's the best time to plant the tree, you know, 20 years ago and the next best time is today. Exactly. You know, yeah. With what you just shared about the financial preparedness of really anything, whether that's going to get a loan, a grant, maybe applying for a business credit card, understanding, okay, it's September, you know, am I going to have a big tax liability come the next filing year? Or not, you know, having that on hand and having it up to date, you know, maybe not by the week, but, you know, quarterly at a minimum, monthly Absolutely. is better. 
Um, that is so critical to unlocking opportunity. Absolutely. Like I'll share, I'll share now. There's an SBA program that will give you uh, 30% of gross revenue up to $150,000. You need to have a 700 personal credit score or better. Uh, It funds quick, like in two weeks. Um, Needs to be used like for business expense, business growth. 10-year term, and it's like three points over prime. I think maybe 3375. Don't quote me on that. But like a, an amazing program that can give you quick access to a tremendous amount of money, up to $150,000 in like funding in two weeks time. But you only get that by planting that credit tree and having a good credit score. Uh, there's, there's not, yeah, I mean, you, you know, you, 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 this doesn't absolve the need to have good financial documents and, and clean books, so to say. But, um, you, you, you don't have to show a lot of those for that product. So these products are out there. You know, I think if we could leave, if we could, you know, shift gears into what else you do with this statement, like all the money in the world is out there. That's a statement I think we could agree on. Yeah. Because we just keep, we just keep printing it. I mean, yeah. we can, you know, we're not going to get into the debate on the policy of that, but the reality is we just print money. That's what our government does. So the money's out there. Now, the cost at which it's out there, really a whole other multitude of shows to get into that. So all the money's out there you need, but it, it is having the tools like you shared about fi- financial preparedness, um, having your books in order, having your compliance in order, um, credit score in place, being up to date on your taxes. All of that's so, so important. Um, it sure is. It sure. And then you can, once you got that, you really do have a lot of opportunity to tap into all that money that's out there because it is out there. Um, Before we leave this part, one thing that I'm seeing that some of the, some of the peers in my groups are talking about is, um, you know, a lot of folks took on some loans throughout COVID, EDL loans, uh, PPP by and large, most people got forgiven because that was the, that was the nature of the program. Um, some people just took it as a very low interest loan for a tremendous term. Um, but by and large, I think the numbers are like 95% of people had it forgiven. Uh, but there is opportunity out there if you are in a stronger financial position. And maybe this goes back to that impact in your community. I'm hearing, and you tell me if you're hearing any of this, there's some businesses that are now struggling. You know, the economy's doing what it's doing. Uh, economy's cyclical. Some people are up right now. Some people are down right now. It all depends on the story and the person. But I'm hearing some folks that took EDL loans um, are struggling. And others are saying, you know what? If you're willing to take on a partner, I can come in. I can help maybe write the ship, help scale up the ship, the business. And I can cover that EDL payment. So an ar- kind of like an arbitrage opportunity. And, uh, and then as the business gets more solvent, you know, that person either remains or there's a little bit of a payout. Are you hearing any, any kind of opportunity plays like that? No, Uh, no. My, my clients that did receive those loans, they are, they're doing pretty good because they, they use the money wisely to help them perhaps. That's good. 
or expand or um, everybody is still in business and, you know, it propelled them to to do other things. And, and one of the things that we helped uh, clients do is perhaps develop a, a pivot strategy. Like, okay, right. if you're doing this, if you're brick and mortar, then let's expand your e-commerce and see what, how, what we can do there and your, and your uh, product base and, and that type of thing. Yeah. And yeah. we ourselves yeah, did smart. that through, you know, grants for biz. That's a new, because I, you know, I was giving this information away for free. So we pivoted to create this platform to make a matchmaking grant portal for small businesses. So, you know, we followed our own advice. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. I love that story. That's great. So beyond uh, helping people understand the financial platform and foundation they need, uh, differences between loans and grants and, and access to them from the different entities they're available from, you also do some other stuff. Tell us about, you know, the program management that you do, the programs you create, strategic planning, and then let's talk about your new uh, tool to combat childhood obesity. Sure. So under the program management, we work with corporations, small businesses, nonprofit, where in some instances, we will help them create a program, whatever it is that they're trying to do. Um, In some instances, we will manage a particular program and kind of soup to nuts to help them, you know, run that program more efficiently, uh, more strategically, uh, just kind of meet their goals and I can't hammer it enough. Just adding value to their customers, their clients, their stakeholders, just managing that that program. In terms of strategic planning, we do a lot of evaluating where we evaluate the health of a business, determine where they are, what they need, where they want to go, and kind of give them a roadmap in terms of this is where you want to go, this is what you should do, and just uh, creative and effective strategies to um, to meet their needs, and so those are some of the things that we love to do. Um, I love to get that email that says, "Hey, Danita, thanks. We implemented this program that you suggested, and now it's doing this, and it's impacting our business that way." So I love seeing those those emails. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's always neat to see your ideas that you give to a client get implemented, especially when you help them implement it through the management side of things. Uh, but then when it really pays off, right? I mean, we can all we can all kind of cook these things up. That's a little teaser from the barbecue talk in a minute. But <laughs> love, <laughs> we can it, all cook, love it, love it. Yeah, we can all cook these things up, right? In the vacuum of, you know, conversation across a table, you know, maybe at dinner. Uh, but it's got to come out from the idea mode. It's got to come out from the whiteboard or the planning sheet. And it, it's got to hit, you know, the rubber's got to meet the road, so to say. And it's always nice when those when those things do come to fruition. Uh, it's, you know, it's rare. It always happens just exactly as planned out, right? There's always mm-hmm. some bobbing and weaving uh, that takes place. But it's easy to see, like, the folks that you're helping, I mean, the story of your grocery store handing out the turkeys. I mean, that's not a cheap endeavor. I mean, I was probably, no. I mean, how much is a turkey? Turkey runs like what? 25 bucks? 
at retail. Ed yeah. Lee. We always we always get the free turkey with our grocery points. So I don't know. I'm 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 out of the loop on grocery prices well, for that reason. But uh but anyway, I mean, you know, so twenty five times fifty, that's not a small number at all. Right. Right. It's twenty five hundred bucks. My math no, about twelve fifty. My math is right. But still, it's a big give back. Yes. So it's nice to see when those programs come into place and people can execute on them because then they can do good things like helping their people out and delivering value. Yeah, you touched on that about creating an experience, creating value. And I'll get your take on this. I think selling today, really, no matter what it is, um, is kind of old school in a way. I'm really keyed on this word affirm. So with all the information at our fingertips, if you're push, push, pushing, selling, uh, I think that's the wrong way to go about things. I think, I think anybody needs to be in a position to affirm that what you're selling, what you're offering is the right fit for that person in front of you. Absolutely. What are your thoughts? Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree. And, um, and that story that you're selling, that you're selling to your reviewers, you have to make sure that you are aligned with what they're looking for. Mm. So you yeah. want to sell A when they're really looking for a C, D, and E. So yes, I totally agree with that. Yeah, 100%. Um, I actually made a matchup between two people that kind of are in like the money game, the equity game, raising money game. Uh, and I kind of thought, based on independent conversations with both of them, that one was looking to buy and one was looking to sell, essentially, right? Well, it turns out they were both looking to sell. Mm-hmm. So, so the, the meeting they had didn't go all that well because I, I, I don't know how the miscommunication happened. I felt I listened very intently and understood what each's goals were. But, and maybe I did, but maybe in the interim, because it was about a month later they met up, uh, maybe their goals changed in that month time pretty quick for the kinds of company they are. But, um, but yeah, they both got to the table and both had that agenda of sell. Well, that ain't going to work. I mean, unless you both team up and go sell somebody else something. Right. Right. So yeah, you know, understanding that you're that fit. And, and I think, you know, it's obvious that you're very good at finding that point of affirmation that what your clients are doing is a match right. to corporation, to what the government directive is to hand out these funds. Cause it's got to be that, especially on the governmental side, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I would imagine the governmental side is a little more cut and dry than the corporate side or foundation side. It, there is, it's the same. It's the same okay. kind of storytelling. And, you know, what we do is we will, we're honest with our clients. You're not going to get this grant. You're not qualified. Mm-hmm. I can't, if I can't, if you can't convince me, then I can't convince the reviewer. Mm-hmm. So if I can't come up with a creative story, um, a compelling story, then I will say, I don't think this is a good fit for you. So what, you know, and again, I don't want you to, especially in this example, I wouldn't want you to name any names, but like, what would be, what would be a scenario where that happens? Well, um, I'll take this client, the, the grocery store, um, the grant that they received, it was in the beginning of the year. It was $50,000 for their grocery store. And we were able to really share how they were of value 
and they provided impact to the community. And I, and I think that was why they were so successful in getting funded because we had like statistics and data that we're able to share. And we had, uh, support letters from partnering organizations, particularly with that, that Turkey. And I was talking to that partner organization just last week. Um, maybe a couple of weeks ago, we did a, you know, how to get ready for grant, um, webinar, the grants in the District of Columbia. And, um, she said, Oh, I got to go get ready to, you know, with the store so that we can give out those turkeys. So, you know, they're, they're a real true friend to the community. Yeah. So inversely, if you're just not looking to be that friend of the community, that would be one of those scenarios where then it doesn't pass the Danita test. So it's probably it not going to pass the reviewer test. It doesn't, particularly if, yeah. if that is something that the reviewer, that, that they're looking for. They're looking for that impact statement. Like, what are you doing in the community? Yeah. You know, if I'm scratching my head, then I will say, and then I have done this, actually. I have told clients, let me help you uh, forge relationships with community organizations. So the next time this comes around, we'll have something to talk about because yeah. we don't have anything right now. There's that plant the tree analogy, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's work for a year or two. Yes. Put the work in, get the support. We can get support letters from people you forge relationships with. Exactly. And then, and then next time it's, it's, it's not a, it's a no for today, but it's not no forever. Right. 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 Yeah. Let's let's yeah. devise that strategy. Yeah. Yeah. Really smart. Really smart. Um, the we'll talk about barbecue last because it kind of feels odd to talk about barbecue first in front of a childhood obesity program. <laughs> but it's all in moderation, right? That's the key. <laughs> but, let, but let's let's talk about the program because this is a problem. You know, we yeah. all see it. We all see yeah. it walking around our neighborhoods. Right taking our kids to school. We all see this problem. So first of all, why are you passionate about this? I, um, when my children were younger, there was uh, some obesity going on. And um, we developed a program and partnered with a local youth organization, actually a national youth organization. And so we developed this program to teach them, you know, it's more than just, you know, exercise and, and diet. It's just kind of changing their mindset. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, we had this, this tool has evolved in, in so many different ways. And, you know, using artificial intelligence and, you know, mindfulness, just really really trying to change the mindset of young people. And so we're excited that we're in the infancy stages of this. But um, look out for us because it's coming soon. That's very cool. So is this going to be, you know, um, you shared it's a multi-platform tool. Is this going to be like a phone app? You've talked about AI, which is kind of neat. Yes. So it's going to, on all the mobile devices, on the website, it's, you know, I can't say but so much because that's our secret right. thoughts. Right, right, right. But it's, I'm trying, it's, it's gonna I'm be, trying to warm up for the secret <laughs> reveals for the barbecue. That's what I'm trying to warm no, up for, but I, I don't I, think it's going to happen. I can't, you know, tell our secret sauce, but it's going to be awesome. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, 
So, so a personal, personal experience. You said, you know, I don't want this for my children. So let's change it. You know, and then you, yeah. you probably took some experience and the tools you use there. Oh, absolutely. And then you said, you know, you, you, you know, you're walking and you're talking, you're doing both, you know. Yes. Um, you talk about helping people create impact. You saw it in your own family and now you're taking it out to, to the community, to, yeah. to all, all kids, which is really great. Um, you know, you talk about the mind, the mindset, a hundred percent. You can obviously see I'm not, I'm not getting any calls for fitness pinup calendars. That's for sure. And, you know, about a week ago, see, another reason to watch the video. Um, but, uh, you can, you can watch the video and test if I'm getting those calls or not. But anyway, uh, about a week or two ago, I heard somebody say something just off the cuff in relation to about eating and eating habits. And they said, you know, I eat when I'm hungry, not three times a day. We're programmed for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And I found myself eating breakfast, lunch, and dinner, even though I wasn't hungry. So I decided to test my body to see when I was really hungry. And, you know, it was, it was, it was just a different way to talk about intermittent fasting, yeah. uh -huh. right? Which I'm not trying to dispense health advice here. We're not going to go too much deeper, but. That is one of those things that really does change the mind. It's a different mm -hmm. tweak on the, the dial, Absolutely. so to say. Absolutely. Uh, and that's, that's really made me think. It's helped me do better in these last you know, 10 days or so. So, mm -hmm. But you're right. It is all mindset, which, uh, which is very, very important. Kind of goes back to the money conversation. If you don't understand money, if you don't think about money, use your mind and think about it as a tool, it's going to be this big, mysterious thing to you. Mm -hmm. So, all right. So we've teased it enough. The princess of barbecue, mm -hmm. the father, mm -hmm. the daughter of the father of barbecue. <laughs> so ribs are your thing. Ribs. Yes. Boston butt. Okay. Anything else? Low cook. Um, hamburgers. You know, I'm a self-proclaimed chef, so I can grill right. anything. But, you can grill anything. Um, and, you'll, and you'll challenge anybody to come take your crown, is absolutely, that right? Absolutely, absolutely. I will stand up next to you, Jeff, and five of my friends. <laughs> I will tap out on that. You know, you, you're going you're gonna to think this is sacrilege, but, you know, I, I, I'm a busy, we're all busy people, right? Yeah, that's, that's kind of a cop-out statement. We all have the same amount of time, but I am busy and there are things I'm focused on throughout the day. Uh, smoking is one of those things I've never gotten into. I do a lot of Blackstone cooking at my campsite. I love that. Okay. Because it's super, super simple. Um, so I enjoy that. But the smoking thing I've never gotten into just because it, it seems like a lot of time to me. You got to monitor. There's a lot of prep. Mm -hmm. So the thing that I do that you might like just reach out and smack me through the screen for is I'll take it. I'll take a pork butt and I put it in the crock pot for 24 hours on low. And it doesn't have the smoky flavor, I'll say that. But I will tell you, it's pretty good. That's okay. I I thought you were going to say that you boil it first and uh, then put it on the grill. I was getting nervous. So the crock pot, <laughs> the crock pot is fine. You know, um, especially in the D.C. area, they boil ribs. And I'm just like, boil if I told ribs. my dad that, I would get disowned to cut what, down what, on the, 
to cut down on the time. Mm. But that's like rubber then, isn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Denise's like, I have no comment on this. It is not my way, and I'm not going to even, I'm not even going to acknowledge such a thing. <laughs> so, so just before we wrap up, because I always like hearing about how family gets together. Your father's passionate about barbecue because it brings his family together, which is awesome to hear. So your Thanksgiving table, you said you had barbecue at Thanksgiving. Oh, yes. Yeah. So did you still have turkey or was it just some bar- other barbecue items? So we had turkey because my mother insisted on having a turkey. Mm-hmm. And we had uh, baby back and regular ribs, Boston butt. We had barbecue slaw to go on the ribs and then the other traditional kind of um, Thanksgiving food. So, yeah. yes. Very good. Yes. So that's a meal. I mean, you're just like, all right, first round is this, second round is that. Pretty much. Third round. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. And then my dad, um, and I'm, I, I wear my princess crown um, proudly because he got me a custom barrel grill um, made for me. And so we. Oh, nice. Was that. So, yes, I. Yeah. I will, you know, plie for my prince's crown. <laughs> I love it. I love it. One last question on Thanksgiving. Did you have stuffing? We had dressing. Okay. So I think I know the answer then. So you put the dressing in the pan. Yes. You yeah. don't put anything inside the bird. No. No. That doesn't go in the Dolman house? No, it doesn't. Because the pan turns into pans, plural. Mm. Got you. Got it. Got it. All right. Well, listen, this has been just a lot of fun. Um, you know, we didn't even get into your pedigree. I mean, you have, you have been around the block on developing your skill from a degree standpoint, education standpoint, practical application standpoint. It's all on our show notes. I wanted everybody to get to know you. You obviously, again, if you're listening to this, please check out the video. It's right on the YouTube channel. It's in the link where you're, where you're checking this out on the podcast. I mean it. My guests, when they get in their zone and they get in their groove, they light up. And that, that's how you can affirm. That's how you know somebody is really into what they do and deliver and delivers on the value that they bring to their people. And we, and Danita shared it here. You could tell talking about the handful of examples she gave that it's all real and she's creating that impact. Uh, so getting to, getting to know somebody like Danita can be real valuable in your life because she can help you uh, get on the right road. Uh, we've been flashing your information on the screen. We have it in our show notes, but just for people who are diehard podcast audio purists, how do people get a hold of you so they can hear it? Seaspartners.com, grantsforbiz.com. Hit us up. We're there. We're here to help. We're here to help. So you can get and that big ticket light. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And there's one last website. It's princessbarbecuesecrets.com, but it's just a blank page. It's just a blank page. That's all that's there because she's not sharing them. But if you hook up with her on seaspartners.com and grantsforbiz.com, she'll get you on the road uh, for uh, these grants, for these loans, and, and help you with project management, other planning, other consulting. And, and I get the feeling she's really going to, she'll be able to feel if she can help you and 
you'll have a great time working together. Danita, this has been a joy. It really has. Thank you so yeah. much for having me. It has been fun, fun, fun. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thanks for being a great guest. And uh, we'll see everybody else next week on The Big Ticket Life. Take care. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode of The Big Ticket Life. You've heard from another amazing guest living their own big ticket life. And now it's time to live yours. First, I'd love for you to take me up on my free gift to you. Find your gift at gift.bigticketlife.live. That's gift.thebigticketlife.live. See, all your life you've been told what is and what isn't possible by the loudest voices from the cheapest seats. It's time to finally do life and business on your terms. Sure, you've heard similar things, but without clarity on what can be done, it's easy to have your customers, employees, maybe even partners, and your spouse keep you from truly living a big ticket life. My big ticket methods shift you into that investor seat in your business, away from commodity and away from competition into a market of one so you can finally live your own big ticket life. So my gift to you is for you to book your discovery call today where we'll uncover first the Chivo behaviors, those chief everything officer behaviors that hold you back and why moving into the investor seat in your own business is critical. Two, we'll uncover the premium position that's up for grabs right now in your market that you're missing out on. And three, which big ticket methodologies are just waiting to be dropped into your business to explode your sales and profits. So again, thanks for listening to this episode. I'd love for you to take action right now. Accept this gift, book your call, go to gift.thebigticketlife.live. Again, that's gift.thebigticketlife.live.